Welcome along to NHL Fans From Afar. Now, I'm going to just mark this podcast as going... It's going to be slightly different. Um, you know, as, as a broadcaster, I'm always told to paint pictures with words. And currently, I'm sitting in a McDonald's car park looking at a harvester outside of Aylesbury. Uh, the reason why I'm here, sat in my car, is that uh, me and Matt Day, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago have been at the Ice Hockey World Championships in Slovakia. And all the way through, we kept wanting to record a podcast while we were there. And then there just never seemed to be an opportune moment. We were either too busy eating, drinking, or watching ice hockey. Um, so we have literally run out of time. I'm about to drop Matt off at the train station. And so we thought we would record in the car in McDonald's. Matt, is this the most glamorous location you've ever broadcast from? Oh, I haven't really broadcast from many places, <laughs> so uh, yeah, probably. I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna lock the doors. There you go. That's the the car locking. You know, you don't, know, don't know who might be around. Um, the other thing, just to mark as well with this, is uh, we're very tired. Um, we've not had much sleep. We've stayed in a hostel, as you know. We'll talk a little bit about the hostel. <laughs> I won't take up much time on that, um, but I'm aware that it is something that people are interested in. How I got on with that. Uh, but yeah, didn't get much sleep, but had an amazing time. We'll come on to talking about the World Championships a little bit later because I appreciate the fact that, you know, you guys are all NHL fans. So we'll talk about the NHL and what's been going on and to the best of our ability anyway, because, well, we haven't been able to follow it closely or as closely as we perhaps would have been if we'd been at home because we've been watching two or three ice hockey games, uh, international ice hockey games. So... Um, let's talk a bit about the NHL and the playoffs. We are, well, we know one finalist now. We're at the point of the Boston Bruins, um, which, you know, is just a joy for me to say, uh, have made the Stanley Cup final. And on the other side of the draw, as we record this anyway, it is, well, Advantage San Jose, um, and they are up against the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> it's... It's hard to call that series because of so, there's so much that have gone on with both those teams. The St. Louis story has been one that you know very well, Matt, as a Dallas Stars fan. Yep. Um, you know, you followed them right through to, to well, Game 7, wasn't it, with the yep. Stars, uh, just before we came on this trip. And there's been a real good feel factor about them all the way through up to this point. However, at the moment, there seems to be a kind of changing of the tide and everything seems to be going the way of the San Jose Sharks, including uh, some very big refereeing decisions, which we'll come on and talk about. But how do you see that series going, considering where it's poised at the moment? Uh, I think the Sharks are going to win. And I think it's their year. Simply because things are going their way. In every series so far, there seems to have been moments that have kind of gone their way. And I think... It's just a sign that maybe that's it's there. Yeah, you need a bit of luck if you're going to win the cup. And, <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> yeah, and they're certainly getting it. So if they're going to go up a bit against Boston, then I hope that they uh, get all the luck and go on to win it. So the things we're going to be talking about, we'll talk a bit about those refereeing calls. Um, we'll also talk about the Jack Hughes Capo Caco. 
debate that is going on at the moment because, well, we're in a quite a unique position that we got to see both those players. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the, the kind of standout NHL players uh, that we saw over there, um, some favourite moments. We'll have a look at uh, GB and how they how they did. Um, uh, we also had a, a chat with Liam Kirk as well, who's the Arizona Coyotes draft pick from the previous summer. So we had a quick chat with him. Um, and yeah, and we'll finish the podcast by talking about our favourite thing of the whole trip, which was a big furry bear called Masenko. <laughs> who took both our hearts, and I have to say that I think we're both missing him greatly. Um, it's only been 24 hours. <laughs> I'm getting Misenko withdrawal symptoms. Um, if, you're, if you fancy a treat, just uh, search on YouTube or look on the IIHF Twitter account for videos of Misenko the bear, who is the mascot, and you will be guaranteed to, ent- to be entertained. Okay, so... <clears throat> The refereeing. So a lot of the... We haven't been able to follow the NHL very closely, as I've said. But the things that we have seen, along with the highlights, are people talking about refereeing, which seems to be the common theme. Now, I don't know how much of this is just what happens always in the playoffs. Is this always what we talk about? However, I've heard quite a few people over the last week or so say, no, 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 this year is bad. This year is worse than we've ever seen before. And the confusion over some of the video reviews and non-video reviews. Is this just because it's one team that is getting all of the luck at the moment in the San Jose Sharks? If this was a more even spread across the teams, would this not be such a big issue? Uh, I don't know. I think I think it is a bigger issue. I think we've seen things in the, the Boston-Carolina series. Um, some... Mm. Very dodgy calls of interference on Dougie Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's been things in pro- every series so far. I think uh, that have been decisive. Yeah. Um, they've they've made a difference to the outcome. Now yeah. I know there's always the thing of yes, but you can still kill the penalty off. And I, I, I we met we spoke about this on the the last time I was on. I agree with that. But the problem is you do have to kill that penalty because of these decisions or yeah. the goal is allowed because of this this hand pass. And I think it's just going to spark, and it has, more and more conversation about where do we go with refereeing in, in ice hockey, in the NHL in particular. Um, and this we, is, I mean, this is not a problem that is just in the NHL. Like, no. you know, the, the NFL has just had a very, very major case of this where a rule, uh, you know, a play that was no longer or was not reviewable, which uh, the referees messed up in a very high profile game last season, has now, this season, is now a reviewable play. You can, you can now review passer interference because of that one game, you know... Uh, but it's seemingly at the moment that we're using more and more video, but it's if you're going to use video for some things, then it means well, surely you've got to use video for everything because you've got a mixed economy. We've had moment. that same same argument with um, football as well. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that if you're going to review one thing, you've got to review it all. And, and yeah, I think to be fair to the NHL, over the last few years, they've introduced the reviewing of offsides, the challenges for goalie interference and things like that. So they're trying to evolve and and move with the times. But it's difficult because 
watching on TV, we have so many more angles now. Yeah. We have <clears throat> more high def TVs. We have yeah. um, better quality streaming. We have we can see everything so much more clearly than we could before. Actually, we're pulling them up on more things, so it is it is difficult because we've got all the angles. Mm. Um, I also think social media plays. You know, it's so it's so easy yeah. and such a, a corny thing to do to kind of say play the social media card. But I genuinely do think that social media has a part to play in it because. What do we all do now once we see something happen that we don't agree with? We jump on Twitter and yep. we shout about it and we find other people who agree with us or disagree with us yep. and then have it out and you know share video content of it. <clears throat> Whereas that was never the case before. You'd, you know, Even in the stadium, you'd watch it with thousands of other people. You might talk about it on the way back home, but then once you were at home, that was it. Yeah, and I think the, the thing with social media is it starts a... Um, like a for, like, there's a there's a furore around it. There's a a mm. circus around it yeah. somewhat, and I think that just makes everything so much more high profile. Yeah. You can't get away. People can't get away from it. Like you say, you'd go yeah. home and that was it. You you were done. Now it's it's everywhere, mm. and people are complaining about it before the game's even over. Before the before the third period's finished, there's a scandal. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel for the referees in a way because they've got a tough job. Um, Their job only gets harder. Yeah. The more, as you said, the more, the more ability to scrutinise referees. You know, as that becomes more and more readily available to absolutely everybody with a smartphone. You know, their job only gets harder, and they are being. You know, I'm following at the moment who. As the rounds progress in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm following which referees are progressing. Like yeah. it's almost like a knockout tournament for yeah. them. Like the Boston-Toronto Game Two referees, they were gone after the first round. The San Jose uh, Golden Knights yeah. referees, they were gone. I always think with referees, it's it's the same in in football. It's like you shouldn't actually care who the referee is. Yeah. But often the first thing I do when I get to a, a football game is yeah. check who the referee is and have a moan about it yeah. and I don't want to get to that stage with the with ice hockey where I turn yeah. on the game and go oh not these referees yeah. you know not these linesmen and I think I'm not sure we'll, we'll quite get to that stage but I think they need help the game's the game's faster as well don't forget so mm. it's always getting faster it's more difficult to call because one they've got to keep up two things are happening faster um, we were saying that about the referees at the World Championships. Yeah. We were watching them and we were saying, how do they, A, get out of the way of the puck oh. most of the time? And how do they not get pummeled by all of these, like, you know, massive six foot four, 200 pound blokes skating around at an insane speed? And let's be clear as well, we've spent the last seven days yeah. complaining about refereeing at the, mm. at the World Championships. So yeah. uh, it's, it's not just the NHL. I think ice hockey as a whole have got bit of a problem that needs solving the pro yeah. part of the problem is do the NHL do their own thing as they tend to usually do mm. um, or do they you know do we try and do something as a 
as an overall and everybody try and, and mm. do it? Do we see it on international level in, in different leagues or? Well, yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that. And the, 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 there's been a real, I think for me, I've learned that international ice hockey refereeing is very different or European, more the European style of play is very different and the way mm. that that game is called. And for me, it was a bit of an eye opener of thinking, well, do you know what? Actually, I don't want the NHL to be like this. Like I, I quite like what we've got there. And it did make me appreciate that you know what we got in the NHL. I mean, we'll come on more to that in a bit. We I put out on our on our Slack group, and by the way, if you don't know what our Slack group is, it's a it's basically just like a a private social media platform that uh, you guys can sign up to, and then we just chuck little kind of topics and debates on there. And anybody who's kind of been involved and wants to be involved with it, all you need to do is email nhlfansfromafar at gmail dot com and uh, just say, yep, I'd love to be a part of it, and we'll send you a little invite, and uh, we'll get you on. Um, so I, I mentioned this in the Slack group and said, well, what, what do we want here as fans? Because we want to protect our game. You know, we all love ice hockey. It's why we get up at insane times of day to watch it. It's why we travel to Slovakia to watch it. You know, we love this game, and yet we're constantly frustrated with things that are happening in it. So do we want more video review? And we'll read some of your responses in just a sec, but do we want more video review so that we, you know, every game is called as perfectly as it possibly can, i.e. you will get the rule book response to every call that happens on the ice, or do we want to kind of rein it back a little bit and say you go with the game and you put trust in the referees and the review is a is a tool that's there to be used but not overused because at the moment I think we're in this middle ground which is a thing that's not helping us so it's almost like you've got to go no no more reviewing reviewing's there for referees when they want to use it or when the coach challenges it or we say nah Forget it. Rob Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes said, I'll tell you what I'd do, I'd take, I think he said something like, I'd take two referees off the ice and put them into a video review. And he joked about how they could still wear skates if they wanted to, <laughs> and things like that. Like, you know, which which way do we want to go? Because I think as fans, we need, to, we need to kind of get on board with one of those and not saying that that will make a difference. But I think there's a lot of mixed messages that the NHL will probably get from fans, players, coaches, GMs, all this kind of stuff about which way they want it to go. Which way would you want it to go, Matt? Uh, it's really difficult <laughs> because you don't. I I love the game as it is, and I love the speed we play at. And I don't want. I get fed up with the TV advert breaks as it is, mm-hmm. so I don't want more breaks, more stoppage. Um, we've we've just been and watched games live where there were reviews that took five minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't want that. No. It's got to be. It's whatever, whatever system we end up with has to be um, quick. Keep up the speed of the game and be um, precise. I d- yeah. I kind of think I'm in the camp of my my feeling is not reviewing everything, mm-hmm. but uh, so so with VAR in VAR in video assistant referee or whatever they call it in football yeah everything is monitored by a a situation room like Toronto Um, Mm. and if they see that the referee makes a 
mistake, so he misses a handball or a foul in the penalty area or something, they let him know that he should go and have a look at it again. Mm -hmm. It's still that referee that makes the decision. The people in the, the room don't decide whether it was a foul or not. Mm. They just let him know that they he should probably have a look at it. I think I'm kind of in that camp in that I want the referees on the ice to be responsible and be calling the game. I don't mm. want somebody sat in a room somewhere else calling it. But I do want them to have help. Yeah. Because we've all got help as fans. Yeah. We've got replays. You know, we yeah. we've got we've got commentators saying what they believe. But on that point then, if you're, you know, if you're going down that route, yeah. For me, my worry is how far do you take it? Because, you know, during the during the play, during the fast and ferocious play, Brad Marchand does a little kind of like stick end into somebody's ribs or, you know, gets one, gets away with a little thing. And it's not just him, but funnily enough, he's the first player that comes to mind. But there's loads of little things that happen in the game that some players make their money from yeah. doing. And are we saying that a situation room would call the referee back and say, you need to look at that because he just did this? Because then almost overnight that side of the game goes. True. And that edge is something that I still find yeah. a, an attractive part of the game. I think it's something that's been lost in football entirely. What if what if they only contacted them to say you've you've got that wrong? So if they blew the whistle and said Yeah. That's a Yeah, because so are you stopping play? Yeah, so a bit like the Cody Eakin penalty for Vegas. Yeah, they 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 guessed basically on, on because of the injury, and gave him a major. It was at most a minor. Yeah. Um, now, that's where Toronto should be stepping in and saying, "I'm really sorry, guys. Take a look at that on video. Mm. You've got that wrong. By all accounts, you should be giving him a, a minor. But take a look. Yeah. And they they all all of those referees would have changed their mind mm. with the hand pass. Just say to them, I think you've got that wrong. Because it leads to a goal, directly leads yeah. to a goal. Guys, I think you've got that wrong. Go and take a look. And they'd go, yeah, you're right. It was so where do pass. we draw that line? I don't, I don't and that's because the that's, Because thing. obviously that hand pass is a very easy one in that yeah. sense. Because it, it did pretty much, it was hand pass to somebody else who passed it, who scored. You know, And that, was, that would very easily be yeah. seen as, you know, that was a direct impact in a goal. However, you know... I remember getting frustrated earlier on in the season when Toronto had a goal pulled back for being offside, which was later, it was reviewed and pulled back. And it was something like 45 seconds prior, to, but because we'd just stayed in the offensive zone. Then you entered the zone. You yeah, entered the zone. It's... But you're kind of sitting there thinking, well, there's plenty of opportunities in there for the team to, you know, right that wrong themselves. How, yeah. you know, how far back do we do? Does a hand pass in your own defensive zone, which then leads to a breakout, which then leads to a play that gets a power play? Like, this, all the way through, yeah. you find yourself in this horrible middle ground of, well, do we review that? Which is kind of how the NHL must feel when they get all of this pressure mounted on them to review more stuff. And it's like, well, if we review the next lot of stuff that we could do, then you'll only wait until the next lot of stuff and then they'll want more reviewing. I mean, I, don't, I, I really don't know what the answer is. And I, think I mean, thankfully, we're not paid to make these God. decisions, so Thank it's God. all right. <laughs> um, fans who can get angry about it. 
We, I, I mean, we're certainly not going to solve it in a McDonald's car park. Um. <laughs> I, I would love to think Gary Bettman and uh, whoever else is um, head of um, the probably... security or something like that. Sat somewhere more glamorous than this. I don't know. Um, Harvester does a great uh, salad bar. <laughs> I think, I think they're going to have to try stuff out. Yeah. That, you know, it, it's not going to happen next year. It's not going to. Ha- it probably won't even happen the year after. No. Um, it's. They're going to have to trial things, yeah. and they're going to have to see what works and what doesn't, and what stops the flow of the game, and what. That's the yeah. only way we're going to move forward. Um, yeah. But I think in the current situation, I think we're in agreement because of things like Twitter, because we've got better angles on everything, hmm. the criticism is so great, this is not going to go away. No. Without no, any and extra it, help. You know, the irony is, we are, we're really, um, we'll come on to your Slack uh, kind of comments on, on this in a sec, but the irony is, we are going to be in a position where this is only going to get bigger as a thing, because the chances are, we're going to be looking at San Jose Boston final. Yeah. And both of those teams have been involved in things that everybody's thrown their arms up in the air and said, this is ridiculous. Now, San yeah. Jose, more than Boston. Yeah. But, you know, Brad Marchand's got himself away with a little kind of punch around the back of the head and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and and Charlie McAvoy. But, yeah, it, as you say, it's not going to get sorted, but it is going to be something that's not going away. Uh, Stephen mentioned on the Slack group that the Sharks are getting all the breaks. This was talking about the hand pass, and he was saying that, uh, well, that's a non-reviewable play, so not much that can be done. He then goes on to say all goals should have the ability to be reviewed, which, again, I would throw to him, and I appreciate he's not here to answer back. But I would say, well, when you say goals, what do you mean by goals? How far back do you go? Yeah, how far back do you go? It's, it's going to have to be in some sort of wording or timing or, yeah. you know, I don't know whether you go down to the number of passes before. Yeah. So, you know. But then you get to the crazy point in the stadium where you're going, like you, you see counting. something and you yeah. think the referees have missed that and you go one pass, yeah, two yeah. pass, three pass, Takes four pass, now score. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, Andy goes on to say, um, I think you should either review all goals or leave as, as it is, which is interesting because it's kind of what we we're talking about before. Asking the rest to decide which to refer up causes more controversy, as we've been asking why they chose not to review certain plays, which, yeah, exactly. And what's to stop? You know, players are going to ask for every play that they think is wrong to be reviewed in that case. And. I mean- Again, you 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 run the risk of ruining that kind of pace and and flow of the game. Stephen made a good point as well that you know don't reduce the game I love to something gimmicky. Well, now that's it, yeah. So that's in response to something I said on there, which you was, love a good gimmick, right? This is my favourite. I've been saying this. So I said this on my five live show um, last year about the the thing that happened in the NFL because there was this ridiculous passer interference thing that happened and should have been called, didn't get called, and it you know, pretty much decided that game for the New Orleans Saints. And there was loads of talk at the time about you know, exactly what we're talking about now. We don't want to throw in more reviews than there already are, and I think there are more in the NFL than there are in the NHL. So I thought, well, surely, why, why don't we have... Because most of the time we can deal with all of the kind of human element of refereeing and all of that kind of stuff in the regular season or in those games that don't really matter... But the times that we all get so angry and so annoyed is when it's right at the end of the game or it's in a game that, you know, is a game seven scenario or something like that, when you can clearly see no beyond reasonable doubt that the referees have missed something and that thing is going to affect the score of the game. So my argument has always been 
I don't want more video reviews. I want to keep the game flowing. And I hate the fact that when a goal is scored in some sports now, you kind of have to wait for the review to be okay before you can celebrate. And I think that's the way that we'll end up going. Why don't we have a golden review? So you've already got the coach's challenge. Fine, leave that as it is. But in every game, the coach has one golden review. Now that golden review must have enough penalties involved in it that is only ever used for something that is clear cut. Mm. Like, you know, I'm talking possibly more than a two minute minor, five minute major, whatever. But it's for those scenarios, like for the, uh, for whoever it was, St. Louis, that scenario where they look at that and they go, the referees have missed something blatantly obvious. None of this like borderline stuff. It would have to be clear cut enough for them to go, I am 100% going to get this overturned. And then once it's gone, it's gone. But I'll throw back your same argument. How yeah. far back do you go? Oh, it can be done at any time. Yeah, but we got one. But how far back in the play? Because, so for example, in the Dallas... Oh, you can do it for anything, but then that's it, it's gone. But so, so, but there's no time limit on it. So mm -hmm. as long as the whistle, so between whistle blows. Yeah, so I'd say so. Because in the Dallas-St. Um, Louis game, the goal where Ben Bishop was um, knocked <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the ground by a yeah. uh, Colton Perenko shot, um, yeah. and they went on to score from the 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 face off that started that play yeah Tyler Sagan was high sticked and it wasn't caught so yeah. can you but it, but it was a good minute before but the goal would was you, scored but would you call that though would you use your one golden chance at that and the thing i can't work out in my head quite about it but is, what but what happens is is it the, if it's correct you get does, it again or do, so is the goal disallowed because eventually they scored so is the goal disallowed is the goal disallowed and they get a high sticking penalty so it's a double one. Yeah. I think that causes... It, it goes back to your own question <laughs> yeah, about right. how far back do you go. And yeah. it, I, it's not It's not easy. It really isn't. No, you're right. It does. Uh, and also, is Stephen referring to the gimmick of the challenge or it being a golden a golden challenge that's the problem? I just love the idea of it. I just, I would love the idea of the name. Babcock. The name... I have an issue with the name golden and the, challenge. The, well, it's okay. Working title. But, you know... Um, <laughs> But just imagine, wouldn't it be great if John Tortorella... And there would have to be something that the coaches would have to do that's special about the golden challenge as opposed to the normal challenge. A like, big gold buzzer. Like, yeah, a big press. gold button. That would be it, And yeah. the, the scoreboard goes gold and it all got. And Goldie see, starts playing on the... Now the we're ruining the game that we love. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm all for a little gimmick like that. But, um, you know, what happens when Masenko the bear comes on. Oh, we haven't got to that it. yet. I oh, know, we'll go over some plot spoiler. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. I'd be, okay, so I'd be fascinated to know what you guys think of this and drop us a comment on the Slack group or, or, or tweet us or something Let's like that. Let's have your ideas. Yeah, because nothing's going to move quickly with no. this. Like, the NHL aren't going to rationally jump one way or the other, which is good because, you know, that's what that's why they're there and that's why they're paid money to not be fans but to run the league. Um, but it does feel like there has to be a little bit more. It seems bizarre, doesn't it, that, you know a blatantly obvious thing like a hand pass that then two touches later ends in a goal can't be reviewed and yet goaltender interference can be that that to me that seems bizarre yeah but i can see how we've got to this point it'll just be interesting to see which way the league goes part of me just wonders whether they just scrap goal reviews 
in te- just in general. They won't do that. No reviews. They won't do that. Get rid of it. And you're also, Jumbotrons, they go. You're not allowed to watch on TV either. <laughs> they definitely won't do that. <laughs> so yeah, what else are we going to talk about? What else? Are uh, well, before we move on from the yeah. all of that sort of stuff, who yeah. do you think is going to win the cup? Yeah. Well, I showed you, didn't I, on the on the plane journey over here, my bracket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I laughed for a little bit. And go then blues. Re- and then realised... Mine's not much better, so... So the only ones I've still got in it are the blues, and that doesn't sound like it's going to last much longer. Um, who do I think is going to win the cup? Uh, I I have to just go with my heart and say that it'll be uh, San Jose, because I don't think I can quite stomach the, the idea of Boston winning, um, knowing that the Leafs could have knocked them out in Game 6. Um, but with the way that sports works... And we've all seen this play before. How often has a team gone in riding all of the luck and all of those things and then for something to come back and bite them and karma to come back at the final hurdle? And I just wonder, especially with the way the Bruins are so masterful at some of their antics, I just wonder whether they will do it and there will be something that we are talking about in a few weeks' time. But what about the Eastern Conference sweeping curse? Well, that is nuts. So I was saying to you this earlier how the New York Islanders swept the Pittsburgh Penguins and then the New York Islanders in round two were swept by the Carolina Hurricanes and then the Carolina Hurricanes have just been swept by the Boston Bruins. So surely the, San the Bruins Asia are going to get, get swept, swept in by the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> surely. Now, I like that theory more. For many reasons, I like that theory. I don't think it's going to happen. Not least because but. most neutrals want Joe Thornton to get a cup. Sure. I think it's, yeah, that's an interesting one. So I think there is, there is that. I mean, there's the pretty much, and I'm sorry, Boston fans, but there is a, there is a general feeling across the NHL that uh, we don't want Boston to win because nobody really likes Boston unless you're a Boston fan. Now, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I put something on about who do you want to win the cup on the Slack group and basically the only response I got back was anyone but the Bruins and that was not just from Leafs fans so and what... and Joe Thornton is a great story like this is probably his last chance to get it he's yeah. been playing in like 20 years um, and you know he from all accounts is the kind of person you would want to win yeah I think, cup. for me looking at the player the three teams that are left in mm. He's the one that stands out that I go, I'd love it if he got a cup. Yeah. I mean, my choice would be St. Louis. Like, yeah. I would, out of the three of them, who are currently in at the time of recording, yeah. I would choose St. Louis. Um, that's because I've got Tyler Bozak and I like him. As we found out in Slovakia, yeah. um, <laughs> most of out. Slovakia want Boston to win because of Zdeno Chara. Uh, yeah. Jo- jo- <laughs> it was very funny. Jolan was made to watch... Uh, lots of Zdeno Chara highlights by some of the Slovaks that we met. When I, we had we had one night out where I uh, woke up the next morning and I went on to Safari on my phone, and the you know when it leaves the search results still with the page open, and the last thing I'd searched for in this bar was uh, Zdeno Chara sucker punching John Tavares <laughs> in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs this year, and I can just imagine my. Uh, slightly tipsy self going, no, see, look at him. He's evil. The, so, so, so a Slovakian who that, thinks he's That gone. search was in response to yeah, them showing it. you oh, yeah. 
all of his best fights. Yeah, all of Chara's best fights. They were trying to prove to me that he was a great guy and a great player and I should like him. And they were showing me videos of him fighting, <laughs> punching people's teeth out. Like, oh, man. It was... Yeah, it was an interesting one, that, and it was a, a sickening feeling realising that um, he was uh, Slovakian and realised. And very quickly, while we're talking about Slovakian players, there was a, a great moment in the fan park in Kosice, wasn't there? Where uh, it was our first day, we were wandering around, it was all very new and exciting. We just got our new shiny lanyards with our, our yeah. top-up money thing that you buy beer with. And we were walking around, and in this little Coca-Cola oh, yeah. um, tent, there was this guy and there was loads and loads of people who were taking pictures with him and getting him to sign stuff and we were looking at him and we're going we could go and get a picture with him he kind of looks familiar he kind of looks familiar but we don't really know who he is and neither of us felt confident enough going over and asking somebody for a picture or an autograph when we didn't know who it was ultimately turns out later on this guy was introduced on stage on the big stage and we were in the crowd and it was Marion Hosa so we both felt like idiots yeah NHL superstar, still earning quite a few million pounds from the Arizona Coyotes right now, Marion Hosa, but obviously, you know, famous for the Black Hawk days, and he's in our defense. number one. In our defence. Yes. They always wear helmets, and you can barely ever tell what haircut they've got. So, and how many times in Slovakia did we say that when we yeah. saw, like, relatively fit-looking athletes walking around the street? We were like, it's probably Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, could have been anyone. Look at that, John Tavares over there. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, it was... Uh, you realise how much you do rely on those helmets. So which which players that we saw? So we were we were lucky enough to see uh, USA a couple mm. of times live, Canada a couple of times live. Yeah, we watched pretty much all the other games on on TV that we weren't at. Yeah, which NHL players stood out for you that we saw? I think one of the things that stood out so much about the NHL players was their size. Mm. Like generally, you could almost spot it was it was it's harder in USA and Canada because the majority of them were, but in the teams where there's just one or two, you could almost spot like Leon Dreisaitl for yeah. Germany. Like I didn't realize, and we both said this, I didn't realize how big the guy yeah. was. Like just physically tall, tall, built, broad-shouldered, yeah. just stood out. Yet still fast. On ice, yet still fast and skillful and all of these kind of things. And that was one of the things that stood out so much for me when you're looking at those kind of players, those NHL players. I mean, he was he was brilliant. He was, actually. mentioned him, Leon yeah. Dreisaitl. He, uh, it's, it's hardly surprising when you think he scored, what, 50 goals this season in a, in a failing Edmonton team. And he, he commanded that Germany team. Yeah. And he, he was constantly a danger whenever he got the puck. I'd say he stood out. He did stand out. Um, and he broke Slovakian hearts. He did. Yeah, he did break Slovakian hearts. <laughs> With a, a very late goal to win it for Germany against Slovakia. I think it is worth saying that Slovakia, at the, again, the time of recording while we were there for the week, had not had much luck. No. And were terrible in the final few minutes. And, yeah, we witnessed uh, Mark Stone of Canada break their hearts, break their hearts with 1.6 seconds left. Yeah. Um to avoid overtime and beat them and then Leon Dreisaitl scored with only a few seconds left um, to then beat them again and yeah that was tough, tough so Mark, Mark Stone what, what did you make of him? he was really good um, again a player that I'd seen quite a lot of because of his Ottawa connection and obviously he didn't play the Leafs but again someone's got some nice very loud music you might be able to hear that in the background someone rocking the Fiat Panda over there um, 
Mark Stone was, you kind of start to realise why there was so much hype about him um, yeah. and the, at the trade deadline. And he he was one of those kind of just really good overall, well-rounded players. Like, he, he you know, he's not the fastest skater in the world, but he's fast, uh, he's, he's physical, he's got grit. He, he does that kind of those, gets involved in those plays that some stars might not. And his shot was, you know, yeah. just superb. And he, he really was a leader um, for Team Canada in a in a team that didn't have a lot of star names. Yeah, I, I said to you, didn't I, when we were watching them play France, that I actually think Mark Stone was kind of quietly having a very good tournament. Mm. Um, he's he's obviously scored a few goals and he's got assists, but his overall play, he's not been spoken about on any of the platforms as having no. a very good tournament but he's quietly just plugging away and I think the longer the competition goes on the more we'll uh, the more we'll see fun fact about Mark Stone he's still in the top 10 uh, goal scorers in the NHL playoffs this year amazing only played in the first round <laughs> that is good <laughs> which, which is just brilliant shows I think that somebody was saying Matthews uh, again at the time of this recording Matthews was like 11 having only been in one round and Mark Stone was like 6th or seventh or something like that which you know is quite something um so i would say in answer to your question i would say anthony mantha so he was who i was gonna say right well i'll leave him for you to <laughs> talk about because uh he was incredible leon dreisaitl for germany was kind of the standout one for me um because it's it's also it must be tough for a player when you are the nhl player in a team yeah because it would be very tempting as an opposition to just try and mark you out of the game as much as you can and all of the teams that I saw Germany play weren't able to do that with Leon Dreisaitl and I guess maybe that's something to do with playing with the Oilers this last season as you know he's managed to get out of that but he was really good and Mark Stone as you said was good. Team America was an interesting one um, they are a far more star-studded lineup than Canada were you had lines of you know Jack Eichel, Johnny Goodrow. You had an incredible line of Patrick Kane, uh, Alex Debrinka, and who was the other one? Uh, there was another one on that line. I can't remember. Was it Larkin? Oh, no. Might have been Larkin. Uh, their power play was unbelievable the, with, the, with JVR and power play. Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane, and all it of was... them. There's somebody else who I'm forgetting as well. But I, I would say, and he, you know, he was he was their big name player, but he looked like it was Patrick Kane. Yeah, he he, you know him and Debrinka and and players like that. Just I was quite impressed with Quinn Hughes in defence for yeah. USA. Yeah, again, not getting top minutes, but no. uh, he looked quite good. So, what about you? What was your what was your player? Uh, Anthony Mantha was the mm. one that stood out. Uh, not the name I thought I was going to be saying when I was going <laughs> over there to to watch it. Um, but he looked strong, fast, very smooth shot. Um, action I made yeah. several comments about that he plays with a bright white stick which I liked as well because it was stood mm. out from everybody else but he scored plenty of goals he's mm. got plenty of assists and he just looked like he had everything really mm. um, so for a, for a young guy I think the the, the Detroit Red Wings have got a, a player on their hands they do yeah and you may be screaming out at your uh 
your podcast listening device um you know that we're not mentioning russia sweden uh, any of those teams but it's because we didn't really see them so we saw group a if you've yep. been following the world championships we were in kosice the city uh, the second city in slovakia and group b was in bratislava so other than seeing the odd game on tv we didn't see any live but we did see highlights of russia and sweden and they were both yeah dominating teams I think out of that they've they've both called up a lot of NHL players. Yeah. Once the tournament started as well, so I think. Yeah. I know Klingberg and, uh, has gone over for Sweden along with Landeskog, so their their lineups looking really good. Yeah. Russia have got just a, an absolute abundance of top stars. Vasilevsky, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, yeah. Kucherov. <laughs> it's it's scary. So I think I think. At the moment, those are the two teams that are going to be coming out of that group. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did with the, we'll come on to talk about Hughes and Capo Caco in just a sec because those guys were, yeah, those were really interesting kind of storylines from them. But it must be a weird one for you this World Championships because the Dallas Stars went out on Game Seven the night before yeah. we arrived. So, which you know you kind of half want your team out of the playoffs so that you could see the, their stars at the World Championships, but of course you don't because you want them to have a long run. Um, so you didn't, you wouldn't have seen any Dallas Stars players no. in the tournament, and now there are a couple that, that are appearing yeah. uh, but on the other side of the group. It was a mixed bag for Maple Leafs. Um, so John Tavares obviously was named as part of the squad, but then got injured uh, in his preparation for it and gone back to Toronto. Uh, so he didn't appear. Uh, Martin Marincin was my uh, my leaf that I was following because the only other one was Nikita Zaitsev who was in uh, playing for Russia on the other side of the group. Now Martin Marincin, who is a uh, you may not know him. I will forgive you for not knowing a, a depth I leaf defenseman who, who spent most of his time in the AHL. Um, kind of has a love hate relationship amongst Leafs fans, and it was really interesting seeing him getting kind of top line minutes and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, he was. He was a bit of a fan's favourite, but then I'm saying that because I think I was his biggest fan. <laughs> Just making up chants about I've his name. I've never heard anybody shout <laughs> Martin Marincin so much. Uh, <laughs> I could not believe how much you were shouting his name. He was on the ice a lot, in my defence. Uh, but he had a mixed bag of a tournament. Uh, he scored a beautiful backhanded goal, which was, by the way, reviewed not once... But twice. Twice. It was reviewed by the referees. That was one of the ones that took five minutes. It was reviewed by the referees and then reviewed again with a coach's challenge, which is just a, a beautifully hockey thing. Um, anyway, Capo Caco, Jack Hughes. So that was one of the big storylines from the NHL, um, if you were looking at this World Championships. And all the talk going into it was, could Capo Caco use this as an opportunity to go first overall and you know there's there's so much more built into the decision for the New Jersey Devils than just the world championships but if they were just looking at the world championships I think it's safe to say that you would choose Capo Caco uh, yeah, I mean, I said from so so, it's been a, a, an ongoing uh, battle all week between us because after the very first uh, Finnish game that we saw, yeah, uh, which I think was Finland Canada, mm. and which Finland won. Capo Kako scored two goals and an assist, I think, and 
Arthur. Did he get a hat trick? No, he did get a hat trick. Yeah, he got yeah. a hat trick, didn't he? And and I, I said straight after that game, I thought he was amazing. And I said to you, he could go number one here. He could he could take this. No, I should preface this with. I've not seen Jack Hughes no. or Capo Caco play before no. this tournament. No. But then the next day we we saw USA play against France. Yeah. And to be honest, Jack Hughes didn't do a lot to impress. It was a he's obviously not getting the same minutes as um as Caco. Yeah. But in that initial game first comparison of seeing them both Capo was Yeah, he's the better. you know, Jack Hughes is fighting the fact that he's playing almost fourth line minutes and going up against, you know, Capo Caco who is who's playing far closer to first line minutes and, and more time on the power play. Yeah. Um I think the, the the biggest observation and yeah, who knows who will go first or second, it doesn't really matter because both both teams are gonna be in with a great player. What was interesting to me is Capo Caco looked ready for the NHL yeah. now. Yeah. Whereas I think Jack Hughes, so far anyway, probably is a bit further off from what we saw at the Worlds anyway. There was an interesting thing about Jack Hughes that he was he had his 18th birthday while he was <laughs> out there. And so for the first few games we saw Jack Hughes, he had a full cage mask on. Yeah. And then for uh, the game the day after his birthday... Against Great wearing, Britain. Against Great Britain, he was wearing one of those clear visors, which was uh, just another lovely little hockey You could gimmick. actually see his face. Yeah, you could. I saw, you actually I saw know what he looked like. I mean, you could spot him in the previous one because he was the only one wearing a cage. Yeah. Um, but Capo Caco looks, looks the real deal. And we saw him score one of the most beautiful goals I think I've ever seen um, in ice hockey. Live, yeah. Live. It was our last game that we saw. God, last night, wasn't it? Crikey. Yeah. Um, and try and scout it out. It was Finland, Finland, Denmark, Denmark, and I mean you'll you'll see if you follow if you go to the IIHF Twitter account. They've been tweeting highlights and stuff. But just go and watch that goal. And I loved how the New Jersey Devils Twitter account um, just retweeted the video and put a little O. Oh, <laughs> we've got a decision to make. Because earlier on in the week they tweeted something about Jack Hughes. And that was that was when uh, Ben Bounds, the British goalie, yes. robbed Jack Hughes, and yes. I mean robbed. It was an incredible save. Yeah. And they they tweeted something like "Oh my" or or something. That's right. Yeah. Um, and the Cardiff Devils had some. Uh, oh, they did, didn't they? They got <laughs> yeah. in on the Devils. Yeah. Uh, was, Devils uh, banter. So yeah, I I think they've got a decision to make but you made an interesting point when I was banging on about Capo all week yeah I, I kind of feel that Jack Hughes will go first overall because he's been set for so long as that but also the other thing is there's something about an American team choosing an American player and there's I, there's just something that makes me feel like the New Jersey Devils will want their franchise player to be somebody called Jack Hughes. And it's not yeah. so much that it's... Uh, it's not even saying that you wouldn't want it to be Capo Caco. It's more that when you're trying to market a team, especially like the New Jersey Devils, in an already uh, saturated market with the other New York teams around you, you really want a poster boy of your team, and Americans love an American poster hero. Yeah. 
and I just I I just have a feeling that might play some part in choosing Jack Hughes if you're thinking you want him to be your number one player forever and ever amen part of me feels that the uh, Rangers fans and organisation would be very happy if they took Jack Hughes first because they love a Scandinavian they star do. at the Rangers they do uh, and they'd certainly have another one on their hands in Capo Caco yeah they would now I don't again I don't know if you can hear this on the recording but it's now got even more uh, glamorous this car park location that we're recording in because uh, it's now started raining which you may be able to hear on the windscreen um, it's also getting far warmer in this car as we are uh, throwing more hot takes around um, that's a picture of Masenko on my phone do you want to well, we could move on to Masenko. We could, couldn't we? Or what else have we got to talk about? Uh, so I also apologise that there's no like normal music or production on this podcast um, because I'm going to have to do this on my phone. So uh, as uh, Claire will be uh, head in hands when she hears this podcast, um, and I think we're reunited next week on the podcast, and we will dissect what will probably be a uh, preview to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, what else we got? What? <clears throat> You've mentioned him several times, and you fell in Jack love Hughes. with him. <laughs> Kabagako. Um, Masenko the Masenko. bear. Masenko. Never has a mascot of a sporting occasion left such an impression on me that the first you... words every morning that I uttered were Masenko. I think you even <clears> said <throat> at one point you prefer him to Gritty. Yeah. And you love Gritty. I do love Gritty. Uh, no, I prefer Masenko because he's just he, he's just raw passion, raw it's, passion for entertainment. It's Gritty's basically gimmicky. a big bear wearing a traditional Slovakian hat. Yes, with eyes that can only be described as Terrifying. almost on stalks that roll around all over the place and are really terrifying. You know those little googly eyes that you stick on things. It, it's those, but, but he has this way of. The m most of the time when he's entertaining you he keeps hitting his head so his eyes roll and I think the reason he was so entertaining <laughs> is because he I don't think the Slovakians are very big on health and safety nope so he's on the upper tier of the stands climbing on the uh, the barriers and I thought he was going to fall over the edge and go down into the lower tier. You would think a, a suit the size of his would restrict his movement, and yet he seemed more agile and nimble than I am without that on. Apart from when he was falling down flights of stairs. Apart from when he was falling down flights of stairs. But he seemed to bounce back every single <laughs> he time. Um, he was just the most entertaining, most riveting mascot that I think I've ever followed. And both of us, at numerous times throughout the tournament felt guilty of having a Masenko moment where one of us would go, oh my God, that was incredible. And the other one would go, sorry, what? I was, I because was... all we'd been doing for the last five minutes, we'd been transfixed on watching this bear yeah. in the crowd, doing things that borderline could get you arrested. There were times, were on the street. especially during the GB games, where I wished he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to watch the hockey. It was showing how good the uh, the best game that we saw from GB was against USA, and it was probably the closest and most exciting. We both said afterwards, actually, the reason we know that is because we didn't really follow what Masenko didn't did him. for the whole game. Didn't see him. Whereas the rest of them, sometimes... When you know, particularly when USA were beating France nine nil, I'll yeah. be brutally honest. By about goal six, I was yeah. just on Masenko watch. Should we quickly mention Great Britain? 
Yeah, we should. Um, They've done all right, didn't they? Well, yeah, apart from game three against Denmark, which... Yeah, so we saw four games, didn't we? Yeah. We saw first game against Germany, then we saw them against Canada, then we saw them against Denmark, yeah. and then we saw them on our last night uh, against USA. Quickly, let's go through those games. Germany. I thought GB were exactly what I wanted them to be. Yes. They were... Um, they were passionate. They played with their heart. They put it on the line. You know, they're not. They haven't got the skill of the players they're playing against. No. So they've got to use work, work rate. Um, you know, play for each other, and they've got to get some saves from their goaltender. And Ben Bounds was brilliant in that game. They lost this game three one. Three one. Um, but it was close, and it it did go one one at one point. And we were very excited when it went one all. My days. It was like yeah, it was like but a no, World the, Cup final. That that was that set the tone for me, and I thought yeah. they play like this all tournament. Uh, I'll be really proud. We walked around the streets in our GB jerseys, very proud that evening. That was a good night, wasn't it? Yeah. That one. Um, and then a bizarre thing happened. We played Canada, lost 8-0, was it? 8-0. 8-0, and everybody celebrated like we'd won 8-0. Um, it was it superb. Was, it was a great It was a great effort. Team GB, GB played brilliantly, were outclassed yeah. in t- completely. They were, they were never in it as a game. But they fought all the way through to the end. Canada created some chances. Did create some chances. Were unlucky, probably not to score. Uh, but Canada, it was just a masterclass. But it's the reaction afterwards was the yeah. thing that caught my. It, it kind of lives long in the memory. Yeah. From the fans, particularly. Yeah. So, I mean, the GB fans have been and will probably continue to be after we've gone yeah. the best fans at the tournament, as far as great. I was concerned. It was. Yeah. Only the German fans have actually come close to being yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but leaving the stadium, having lost 8-0 to Canada, and all you can hear is the GB fans walking out of the stadium, banging their drums and singing their songs, and the staff at the stadium <laughs> all had their phones out because they couldn't believe that these 500 to maybe 1,000, there were, there were plenty of GB fans there, yeah all singing and dancing out onto the streets of Kasiche. Yeah. And they were all just filming it with their mouths wide open. They just couldn't believe that this team that had lost 8-0 was celebrating. No. Um, and, and the Canadian, you know, the Canadian fans, I spoke to a couple as I left, and they were just saying, you know, you guys were great. You put up such a fight. And, and the response from GB fans were, we're just so pleased to be here. We're yeah. just so pleased to be able to play on the same ice as you guys. And and that was a really nice feeling leaving that because that felt like the achievement of back-to-back promotions for GB into this top group to get to perform against Canada, regardless of the result, as long as it was respectable in the performance, then that is what the fans were looking for. And just on that, we were lucky enough to meet up with Liam Kirk. We were. Uh Great Britain's number 14, uh, drafted by the Arizona Coyotes in round seven. And we asked him what it was like to play against Team Canada. And now, Liam, I've not seen him smile that much. He's quite a a shy, (laughs) quiet character. But as soon as we asked him what it was like to play against Canada, this big beaming smile came out before he'd even answered the question. You could see how much he enjoyed playing that game despite the losing 8-0 yeah yeah and I think that 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 was probably that was felt throughout the the team and that game and 
clearly not happy to lose 8-0. No, you wouldn't want to, and ideally they'd have kept the score a little bit further down, but uh, an understanding and appreciation of the task that was in hand yeah. and how they didn't do themselves, uh, you know, they, they did themselves proud, really. So then that takes us to the Denmark game, which was earmarked um, by the team as one of the potential ones to win. So there was only really Denmark and France. Realistically, France had a real push. Denmark might have been a game that Team GB could have got something out of. If they performed out of their skin and Denmark had an off day, there was a chance they could have won. And, well, they laid an egg. It was terrible. It was just awful. And we both agreed... It was the only game that we didn't enjoy in the entire tournament of all of the games that we saw. They lost 9-0, but they were lucky it was only 9-0. Yeah, I mean, it was it was terrible. Had a power play in the first two minutes, and I <laughs> yeah. don't think they entered the zone. They didn't get into the attacking zone, yeah. and then we gave away a 5-on-3 penalty, and it was 2-0. Yeah. And from there, it just got worse, and actually, it reached the point where it was really painful to watch. You just yeah. wanted it to finish. Yeah, you and were I, willing Masenko to come over and give yeah. you a lap dance, weren't you? Like and, you just, and then to top it off, you treated me to the really <laughs> a really bland Asian meal afterwards. I I, I was in a dark place after Matt, that. Matt, after that, watching GB get thumped nine 0 and perform terribly and eating a bland Asian meal, I honestly had to drag him kicking and screaming back into the arena to watch the Germany France game because I quote him. He thought he'd had enough of hockey. <laughs> I, I was in a dark place. But Frankly, luckily, that game was quite that good. Was quite good yeah, and I, good. We, we both came out of it going, we realised why we love hockey. Oh, that's right. Hockey's good. Yeah. It's just that that game that we watched was terrible. So we'll move on from Denmark. And then the final game that we saw Team GB play, and they do play, they'll have played again by the time that you listen to this podcast, but the final game we saw was against USA and I am ranking that very highly in one of the best sporting games I've ever witnessed yeah. live. They lost 6-3. The scoreline alone is incredible to get 6-3. Um, you know, I kind of said it was 2-1 each period, which again, yeah. you would take. And I think on even strength, it was 4-3. Yeah. Um, and what a game to witness. Just amazing. The atmosphere... All of the locals got behind Great Britain. Yeah. The GB fans were all in fancy dress. Yeah. Jack but, Eichel was on the ice when they tied it up at 1-1, which was and just looked beautiful And thoroughly miserable. He looked very miserable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the biggest thing for me was they got back from the day before where they played Denmark and were just Yeah, this horrific. was the day after, wasn't it? Yeah. The very next day, they're going up against... The, probably the, on paper the strongest yeah. team in our group definitely and to put in a performance like that which was arguably better in terms of work rate and and everything than the Germany and the mm. Canada game was well it just made you so proud and yeah. then for them to go and actually perform and show that they can play hockey we were passing it around we were creating chances we could have scored more goals the third goal from Ben Davis was just brilliant mm. Uh, roofing it top top corner over the glove like just brilliant um, yeah it was a brilliant atmosphere great time and just uh, proud is the word it just made you so proud and I implore anybody listening to go and watch the remaining <laughs> games they've got Finland tonight which like you said would have probably gone out uh, before you hear this and then on Saturday 
I think it's Saturday, we've got Slovakia, uh, Slovakia which the Slovakian fans are brilliant. It'll be a yeah. great atmosphere in there with the Brits. Um, not expected to win that, but then it's the big game. We've got France on Monday, and it looks like France are going to lose all their games as well. So it's a winner-takes-all. Whoever wins that stays up.